tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Indeed, uh, the president has the prerogative to decide as to who to use in his administration. And indeed, a president's vision is what every one of us is helping to drive. And if the president thinks that these other uh, players in his team will do better for him at this present time for the purpose of uh, maximizing the gains of his administration in time, uh, so would it be. Uh, my, my only wish is that I, I pray that they, they do well to uh, the glory of uh, God, Mr. President, and our government. So our prayers are with them that they perform to the expectations of uh, the president, the government, and every Guinean. And very finally, you will be campaigning. You'll be hoping that you win your election in your constituency on December 7. Uh, the, the record of this government, will you'll be judged by the record of this government. The president decided to keep this number of ministers as 86, despite the loud calls from civil society, clergy, and labor. Um, for you, as an individual politician, waging your own campaign in your constituency, does that help your cause? Well, it is not only... Uh, on, we are not going to campaign only on the size of government, but we are going to campaign on the achievements of government. And uh, and again, we are going to campaign in our individual respective uh, constituencies. And the level of performance of government in the various constituencies uh, differ from one to the other. And in my own personal constituency, I think we have done a lot of uh, development projects that I can uh, point to in my campaign. Indeed, uh, I have never complained about size of government. The reason I do so is that I know that many people in government do not earn anything beyond what they earn in different capacities uh, within uh, the economy. For instance, uh, so many members of parliament are ministers. And these ministers uh, receive their salary from parliament and therefore do the extra work of ministers um, without any consideration. So in that case, I don't see how uh, one person taking two portfolios in the administration will be uh, spending too much money as we have done with different individuals who have come to those positions. Mm. Uh, and I'm delighted that at least you got to speak to us. Uh, I'm grateful that you joined us. Thank you very much. Andy Apiakubi, MP for Asanchechem North Constituency. Uh, he was, uh, call him the rebel leader, uh, when the MPP MPs uh, took to the microphones and campaigned for Kenu Furiata to go. He says, this is what he asked for. They got it. It's uh, a little too late, but not too late, he says. Let me hear your view on this particular subject. And uh, George Yaffe and Co are joining me with sports and business and still ahead uh, here on Newsnight. The three teacher unions talk tough tonight. They have given the special prosecutor three days to release frozen salaries of over 400 of their members of Fazer Roth. It is the view of the unions that questioning where the OSP got his authority from.
Uh, we have details as the OSP insists those names are either ghosts or suspected ghosts. Also tonight, uninspiring, little too late and will not have any impact on governance. Tonight, President Akufado's much-anticipated reshuffle faces strong public disapproval, even though he kicked out Finance Minister Kano Friata, Health Minister Ajima Menu, and some old guards from his team in a brutal government shake-up. This is too little coming to pay. I'm sure most people say the same. And I think uh, so far what he's done uh, is not going to make much difference. We left with about 10 months. I don't know for sure what these new appointees are going to do to make a difference in governance. Also tonight, banks, telcos and the General Legal Council among 115 institutions owing University of Ghana over $1.3 million in rent as the school laments difficulties in getting the institutions to defray their debt. Also, we'll give you a detail from the Public Accounts Committee sitting today that several public universities have millions of CDs locked up in the defunct financial institutions. And what lies ahead for the new Minister of Finance, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, details in business in 30 minutes. And in sports, Minister for Youth and Sports tells Parliament the state is set to organize a national dialogue on the current poor states of the Black Stars and sports development in the country. The Ministry of Youth and Sports is aware of disappointments among, among the Ghanaian populace and therefore intend to put measures that will lead to the national dialogue of all stakeholders to come up with modern and inclusive way of managing our national teams. We have details as MPs lament the poor showing of the Black Stars at the 2023 AFCON. The $3 billion that we have spent for just these three matches, their abysmal performance, is in excess of what other countries budgeted for the entire tournament. Nigeria, $1.3 million. More from Parliament, where safe Ghana football protesters have presented a petition to the House. Uh, you want to stay uh, with us uh, for that and more all here on Newsnight. And I'm looking forward to what you'll be saying about the reshuffle. 055 All that after this. Breaking news. Vodafone Ghana is becoming Telecell. Stay tuned. Great news is here. Batmat is here again. XXL clearance sale. Guaranteed savings. From now till the end of April, the big sale continues. Get discounts of up to 70% off sanitary words, light tiles, waterproofing, and all other product families. It's the year to get things done. Visit our showroom at the North Industrial Area next to the Winners Chapel, Ghana. Don't miss out. Batmat, welcome home. And with all the conviction and excitement in his heart, he goes on his knees, holding out the ring, and pops up the question, Will you marry me? And there she goes, handing him her hand, while sweetly responding, Yes, I will. This will be the story of that lucky couple who will initiate their forever journey come the 14th of February in the proposal on Joy Valentine promo. It will be a night of love, sweet melodies, beauty, pleasure, affection, loads of giveaways, and many surprises. Everything will be on the house. If you wish to join us on the 14th with your partner, please reserve a seat by sending your names to 055-1111. 
055-1111-997 and hashtag Valentine on Joy. We will get back to you with your registration code. If you also wish to do something special for your partner that night, please let us know and we will make it happen for you. Motorola Ghana will be giving out some sleek phones and souvenirs while Achadie has some beautiful love hampers to give away. The proposal on Joy FM is brought to you by Motorola Ghana and supported by Labadi Beach Hotel, Proposal GH and Achadie Fier. The proposal on joy. Love is indeed beautiful. Thanks for staying with us here on News Tonight. And we'll dig, we start off um, from the Labour front. I'm sure we are hoping um, to speak more about the reshuffle. But let's uh, talk about this first. And the National Association of Graduate Teachers, NAGRAT, and their sister unions are demanding the release of their January salaries of over 400 of their members by the special prosecutor. In fact, they're given the special prosecutor up to Friday, uh, the 16th of uh, February 2024, for that to happen. The unions are accusing the OSP of free their members' salary without prior notice or reason. They've since given them that deadline they've been talking about. But my colleague, um, Kenneth JC was at the press conference. He joins me in studio uh, with details of what we're learning from them. Now, Ken, did the unions mention their next line of action if the OSP does not release their salaries? They were not very specific, but they did mention that initially there were 1,300 of their members who had their salaries frozen, and then they had to engage uh, authorities, and then the numbers were reduced to 300 after more than uh, 900 of this uh, of other members own were released and um, they are questioning the authority that the OSP has to take such an action. Upon investigation, we realized that the OSP did not even resort to the Director General or any official of the Ghana Education Service before directing that these salaries be stopped. It is the view of the unions that questioning where the OSP got his authority from. And even if he does have that authority, whether it is not prudent to have informed the managers of these teachers or the employers of, the, of these teachers, that is Ghana Education Service, before directing that their salaries should be suspended. Does the OSP, is the OSP telling us that he has the power to direct workers not to work or direct workers not to be paid their salaries? On what basis? What if the basis of the OSP is flawed? And they mentioned that this decision was, was taken on your blind side? Yes, uh, they were not consulted. Uh, they were cleared to receive their salaries from the controller and accountant general. So they're saying that even if the salaries will be frozen, actually getting to that end, only the court has that authority and not the OSP. Look at it very carefully. The teachers were validated by their heads of institution that are supposed to validate them, meaning that they are at post. Controller and accountant general pays the people. Controller transfers the money to the person's bank and then a special prosecutor goes to instruct the bank that though the person has been paid and the money has come, block the person's account. Don't allow the person to assess the account. In this country, it is only the courts that have the power to garnish somebody's account. 
So that's a, a rep uh, for uh, Nat there speaking on the, the Consent Teachers Association. Yes. Well, but you've been contacting the Office of the Special Prosecutor on right. this. They've been giving you some information. What do we know? The Office of the Special Prosecutor says it's conducting an audit of ghost names on government's payroll. This is something that uh, they've put out in the public domain that, uh, you know, th they are trying to detect the ghost names on government payroll. So they are withholding that money, trying to investigate whether they are real people who are taking that salaries or not. Mm. And did they say how long this is going to be done and how come they didn't inform um, the teachers about it? Mm. They mentioned that it's something that is in the public domain. So okay. they really did not need to inform the teachers because they expect them to know that since your salaries have been withheld, you should know that you're being audited. That is why when they contacted the appropriate authorities, over 900 of the ones they were done investigating were released. Okay. And that's uh, my colleague, Kenneth Jesse there, uh, giving us details from that uh, press conference organized by the three teacher unions on the salaries of 400 members which have been frozen. The national president of NAGRA joins us now, Joe Kabonu, is on the line. Mr. Kabonu, have you had any contact with the special prosecutor on this to ex to get him to explain to you why this has happened? Well, from the type of response he gave you, it's an indication of someone who is exhibiting nothing than arrogance, empty arrogance. What do you mean by saying that something is in the public domain, therefore people should know. Well, 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 where is that one to coming from? That it is in the public domain. Therefore, the teachers don't need to be informed. Is that the way we work in the public sector? Is that the right way of doing things when you are dealing with public sector workers? You make a statement that it is in the public domain. Therefore, they don't need to be informed. So I'm curious, when did you notice that the salaries were, have been withheld? From the end of January, people went for their salary and they realized they couldn't access their salary. So they started wondering what was happening. Only for the bank teller that the special prosecutor is giving an order for those salaries to be uh, returned or not to be paid. We checked from Controller and Accountant General Department and the Control and Accountant General Department indicated they have paid. It's based on the validation that was done in the various units. You know, so we had to contact the management of the Ghana Education Service. And the management of the Ghana Education Service were not also informed by anybody. Then someone comes to say that it is in the public domain so that people don't have to be informed. Well, look, that, that, that's what it's told us. I mean, I, as the leader of the group, though, yeah. have you made an attempt to... Well, because speaking. I'm not doubting your report. Yes, of course it is. But I, I, mean, yes. I, I presume once you found that and the fingers were pointing at the OSP, you would make a call. Uh -huh. Oh, please. You see, someone can be a lawyer, but that does not give him the competences to, to, to manage public sector anything. This attitude that is exhibited is an indication that a man could be a very good lawyer, but very, very poor when it comes to leadership.
But Mr. Kawano, um, as a leader of a, a group like this, as Nagrat, you held a press conference and one wonders if 400 of your members are affected by this. We thought that you said you had mentioned you had gone to GES amongst others. And once you were told it was the OSP, did we at least reach out before holding this press conference and giving him that ultimatum, sir? We have also addressed the public through the media. But we expect him also to be informed. The same way he expected us to be informed, mm -hmm. because the matter is in the public domain, we have also informed him through the media. But who so suffers? Who, who suffers? Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC of your members, their salaries are frozen as we speak. Who suffers? Look, by Friday, if those salaries are not frozen, nobody should blame us. Because it's a wrong It's when you are auditing somebody. Until audit is completed, and you have conclusively arrived at a result, indicating that A, B, and C are not qualified to end salary you don't go ahead and inflict uh, misery on people under the guise that you are engaging auditing. Mm. But even don't if don't do that. You were speaking in parables in terms of what exactly will happen. Maybe you can break it down for me to understand what exactly no, will happen. We have indicated you see, look, he may be the special prosecutor. He has not finished prosecuting people who have been giving uh, bribes in elections and things like that. It's not poor teachers he is coming to zero in on. He has not finished his work. According to he himself, he has not finished his work. He has not finished the auditing process and yet has taken a conclusive decision of suspending people's income. The 900 salaries that he suspended, which later was released, what happens to the misery that was inflicted on the people? during the period that he suspended their salaries and realized that he did the wrong thing, how does he compensate those people for that period where pain and misery were, 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 was visited on those people? You've given him three days. That's up to this Friday, correct? Three. This those Friday. people are teachers within the Ghana Education Service. If he does not defreeze the salaries by Friday, mm -hmm. he, has, he will have to be blamed for whatever happened. After Friday. But Mr. Kabono, uh, we know uh, in this um, space, if he even gives the notice for the, the accounts to be defrozen tomorrow or a day after, it, it won't take effect, would it? You won't get the money. It can take effect this evening. Really? The man has done the wrong thing. I mean, you see, this arrogance people are beginning to exhibit in public service is becoming very nauseating to say the least. People should know that they are dealing with human beings. Okay, well, but after the press conference, though, we haven't heard anything whatsoever uh, from uh, your employers and then OSP, uh, for instance. At least we've been hearing from him. Have we heard anything uh, since that press well, conference? What we are expecting to hear is that by Friday, those salaries are paid to those teachers. Uh, well, what if they are actually ghosts? Have you found out if all 400 members Look, are actually teachers and not ghosts? MFA, it is when you conclude 
your investigation or your audit. Then you realize, then you give that, oh, after auditing and investigating the uh, payroll, the following, the following names attached to these various institutions have been identified as ghosts. Therefore, their salaries have been suspended. You are still in the process of investigation. You have not concluded your investigation. And then you are telling me that those people are ghosts. Where do we do such things for? But Mr. Kabono, if um, a matter is under investigation, there ought to be some form of action uh, before the investigations can conclude. By suspending people's salaries. But if they suspect they are ghosts, what so do they if do? if somebody, if he, he is suspected that the people are ghosts, to suspect somebody is a ghost is not to say the person is a ghost. Mm. You are suspecting that the person is a ghost. And to conclude that the person is a ghost, you can also describe the person as a ghost. Okay. Mr. Kabono, we are grateful. We'll leave it here uh, for now. And that's the Nagrat president there on their press conference they held earlier. I will still wait uh, to hear more from the Office of the Special Prosecutor on this particular matter. Mm, you can anticipate a showdown on uh, <laughs> on Friday. You're still listening to News 9 on Joy 99.7 FM. And I want to take you to Parliament now where banks, telecommunication companies and General Legal Counsel have now been disclosed uh, among some 115 institutions owing rent to the University of Ghana, amounting to some $1.3 million. Well, the amount as captured in the Auditor General's report are debt the institutions accrued from using various facilities and rent spaces on the University of Ghana campus as of October 2022. Well, these and other infractions came up when management of the university appeared before the Public Accounts Committee hearing today. You can listen to Vice-Chancellor of the University of Ghana, Professor Nana Abba Apia Amfo. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I can confirm that for the banks, most of them have redeemed themselves. Outside of HSEs, of Medicom, of Smart, Stanley, most of the banks are off. They have redeemed themselves. And the shadow has been shared with the auditors. But then there are other very uh, solid institutions in here like these telcos that are still owing, like Airtel Tigo, I see them here. Aside uh, Airtel Tigo, there are other institutions that have the balances that have not been paid for over a year. There are a lot of them here, like uh, Vodafone, Vodafone similar. You have uh, Media Design, the same. You have Amalgamated Network, the same thing. So there are more of them. Thank you, Mr. Chair. These are tenants and it's an ongoing um, transaction that happens on a daily basis. We are using all options. We, we even still work with them. So you pay up and then you incur debt, but this is what is happening and we are following them and exploring all options. Those that are proven difficult, we have actually handed them over to the legal counsel to also explore other avenues. It's, it's been quite difficult, but we are doing all we can to use all options available to us. Thank you. Item number 42 in the table. Um, the general legal, what's the name? What's the, what the full name? General legal counsel office. Oh, my general legal counsel. <laughs> they, they owe you $144,000 and they paid, no, it's dollars. And they paid 15000
Interesting uh, there. But my colleague James Aveji was at the Public Accounts Committee sitting today. Uh, he joins us in studio. So um, I'm particularly interested in that matter. Yeah. So what was the committee's final verdict on it? Well, from the explanation from the vice chancellor, it looks like uh, an issue that has become difficult because these institutions uh, who are owing them are still occupying the spaces. So it's like by the time they finish paying the rent, they had already accrued another one and then the cycle continues mm. that way and so the committee chair advised that at least uh, if uh, to prevent this they shouldn't be allowed to compound more of it but they should keep it at a level that if they need be they can be able to retrieve easily so it, it looks like it's not just rent mm. uh, that is taking part of the university's money we are told that up to five million cities five million dollars or cities locked up in some financial institutions is it cities or dollars yes in fact five million ghana cities okay. locked up uh, in the financial institutions five of them actually uh, the ndk financial services uh, nthc delta capital as well as gold coast security and um, ut savings and loans mm -hmm. and so those companies uh, the university of ghana actually invested into them the total amount was actually eight million ghana mm -hmm. cities but over time they've been able to retrieve some uh, but the rest is still left with them the uh, university is saying that they've taken the issue to court they've taken at least three of them to court to try and see how they can be able to retrieve that so the total value of the suits is how much uh, of the seals is in the region of uh, five million uh, ghana cities okay yeah. uh, minus interest minus interest mm. uh, from your answer it will appear to me that you have filed a suit against almost all of them except um ut savings and loans and then goko securities so if that is the case the two of them amounts to only eighteen thousand. then you have filed a suit against everybody but you are saying it's around five five million which is not correct mr chairman we are in in discussions there is one that we are yet to sue uh we engaged them uh they sent us a response essentially indicating that the value of our investment uh, has gone down and that if you were to do any of the investment, you are going to lose about 50%. But this is a decision that uh, has to be taken by the appropriate uh, structure of the university. So this is a matter that we are going to discuss. Uh, and then based um, on the decision that is taken, we'll engage them further and know exactly what to do. Whether we should go for the haircut uh, or we should insist and the University of Ghana is not alone in this. Yes, MFA. So uh, the uh, Ghana Institute of Journalism, my own <laughs> university, is also part of them. They have invested some 9 million Ghana cities locked up with uh, UT savings and loans. Uh, they have been able to recoup only 100,000 uh, <laughs> since 2021 till now. Uh, the uh, Akenten uh, University, formerly the University of uh, Education Winnipeg campuses in Kumasi, have also invested some 28 million Ghana cities with them. They are struggling. They've not received even a CD out of it. They are struggling to get their monies out. And there were concerns about uh, recurring procurement breaches? Exactly. Them? Especially with the University of Ghana again. For instance, uh, in that report, there have been a total of about seven uh, issues of uncom uh, competitive procurement amounting to some 2.63 million Ghana cities. Uh, the issue was that uh, 
I mean, the concerns they've raised is that the various departments are now becoming like institutions of their own. And so sometimes they go ahead with this kind of procurement without let, letting the central board know about it. Mm. But the pro-vice chancellor, uh, Professor Gordon uh, Awindari, explains that they are trying to... Uh, Instead of decentralizing, even though they are decentralized, they will have to bring all of them in as far as procurement is concerned. If it's beyond a certain threshold, they would have to refer it to the PPA to take charge of that to resolve all of these issues. Mm. But he also told the committee today that mm. somehow they've made profits. Exactly. It was interesting, Evans, because the University of Ghana declared about 38 million Ghana cities profit uh, in uh, the year 2020 and 2021 for let me get the actual figure so in uh, in 2020 they actually declared about 38 million Ghana cities same was for the Ghana Institute of Journalism, who also declared some amount of profit. Uh, the Akenten University also declared almost all the investors from the University of Ghana, University of Cape Coast, GIJ, GIL, as well as the Ghana Te uh, Technical Training Center, all declared some amount of profit at the end of each year. Education is very profitable, isn't yeah. it? Well, that's um, James Aveji there giving us uh, uh, details from what transpired today at uh, the Public Accounts Committee. Evans, have you noticed that he has the same name with the chairman of the Public Accounts Committee? <laughs> the only difference is the first time I met him. Uh, this is James Aveji. Aveji. Yes, I, I, I asked him, are you related? <laughs> It it's a multi-million question I have to answer every day. <laughs> you are not? Well. No. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, okay. you're not. <laughs> Thank you very much, James. Well, let's do um, some other stories. We'll stay a while longer on the education front and the infrastructure challenges afflicting senior high schools, particularly evident as Wesley Girls High School, has sparked grave concern as hundreds of girls are compelled to sleep on the floor due to severe overcrowding. Well, this Preston issue highlights the pressure school facilities in high schools are enduring uh, to the growing uh, population. At the 187th speech day at the Wesley Girls School, it was an outward cry for help when the head girl, Abna Miniwa Debra shed light on the stark reality faced by students. There's more in this report. The inadequacy of furniture seems to be a challenge that is beginning to persist. Highlighting the severe overcrowding and congestion plaguing the Wesley Girls High School at its 187th speech day is head girl Abna Benewa Debra. But I asked myself, must we suffer when we can seek help? In light of this, I would like to bring to your attention some of the problems we face as a school. Point by point, and in the presence of the president, Nana Ekufuado, education minister, Yawasai Duchum and other stakeholders, Abna did not shy away from sharing the stock reality faced by students grappling with inadequate space because of infrastructure challenges. The moments in which we gaze upon our sisters who must use plastic chairs in their classrooms and lack the tables to even comfortably write on cannot but hold our broken hearts. Again, the inadequacy of computers is far below the standard that dear school has set for herself. Despite its reputation as a top girls school in the country, Wesley Girls is now struggling to accommodate the growing student population, raising concerns about the well-being of its students. Overcrowding seems to be a problem trying to develop tough skin in every corner of our dear school. Even with the introduction of a new house, Hundreds of girls are seen sleeping on the floor. 
This problem also pushes us to eat our meals in two batches. Headmistress Jeanette Rubisiame indicates that despite consistent help from all students, the school continues to reel from varying challenges. All that glitters, they say, is not gold. Under the cloak of outward beauty lie a grave bed of dire needs. I will mention just a few. The new assembly hall, your honor, needs to be completed. Then again, your honor, our bus, you have promised us. Before Wesley Girls, a similar sentiment was shared last year by the boys' school in Fansipan. Headmaster Kobna Eitu revealed the deteriorating infrastructure and ballooning electricity bills also at a speech in Prize Giving Day. High cost of electricity. Seven, we are prepaid. And we always struggle to purchase power. This year alone, from January to October 31st, we have spent 204,000 cities on prepaid. But the education minister, Yao Seiduchum, at the Wesley Girls event, only addressed a tip of the problem. I know the headmistress talked about the fourth industrial revolution and the need for computers in the school. I'm happy to tell you that within the next two months, every single student in this school will have a tablet computer. It remains to be seen what these stakeholders will do to enhance the quality of education in these top secondary schools. That there is a report about Wege. Have you been to your school lately? Yes, I have. Because I know there's know, overcrowding there as well. Ola as girls. I think it's, it's everywhere now. The old students have been doing a lot trying yeah. to help fix that particular challenge. And uh, we, ha we have a special investigation that we're actually doing to get you know, to the bottom of what actually is happening. And we'll be, we'll be adoring it pretty soon. And George Jaffe is also here, of course. I know George went to that school. That mm -hmm. school. Excuse that me, did, did school. you call the school? Uh, sorry, I, I want to read a few That's messages. That's read a few messages for the records on, our, on our whatsapp concert okay. mfr power what are people saying about the stories you've done so far okay i'll just say if you have nothing to offer your in-laws you don't end up stealing from them why should these poor innocent teachers apply to be worsened by the osp mr kabuno has indeed spoken as a true leader of uh, professional sami in kumase and a few of your messages on the subject of the reshuffle uh, this one says that's philip says the reshuffle of ministers uh, very empty and disappointing the new ministers will not make in the impact on the country and that's philip's point none on the spinters road uh, is there no way to get rid of the mpp and the ndc they are both incompetent they both handed the economy uh, and the economy management into the hands of the imf he says charles says a special prosecutor should stop causing pain to teachers he failed to retrieve millions of dollars from cecilia dapa so he cannot use teachers to save his face uh, Steel in Salpon says no minister or deputy minister has been sacked. Uh, he says uh, we want us to believe that the president has sacked them uh, on this day uh, of love, whether in or out of the president, loves them all, he says. Well, James in Kumasi says, I don't think this so-called reshuffle will change anything better for Ghanaians. What will it change? Even minister has moved from one position to another. Uh, Ghana is already in a mess, so I don't expect anything different from this particular reshuffle. Uh, those are a few of your messages on our WhatsApp console. Right after George, I will bring you the civil society campaign to end the fish for sex barter in a part of the central region where we've been spending a lot of time, the coastal community of Hafasini. Education and awareness creation mm. at the community level for the communities to know the harmful effects mm. of these actions.
Uh, will be in that coastal community in the western region for the very latest on this campaign. The civil society groups mobilizing to deal with the problem right up to George's time with business. Hello, George. Hi, Evans. And uh, coming up in business, what challenges lie ahead for the new Minister of Finance, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam? Details on business tonight and increases in price of accommodation, clothing pushes general inflation rate to 23.5%, reversing that continuous decline since July last year. The business news on Newsnight. It's brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business. Kingdom Books and Stationery, Synthes Tanks and Pepsodent, Hebal and Chaco. You welcome back to Business on Newsnight. Now, Minister of State at the Finance Ministry, Dr. Mohamed Amin Adam, is now expected to lead the ministry as the Minister of Finance. Now, this was after he was reassigned today as the Finance Minister, taking over from Ken Ofriata. But for many, what will be the challenges ahead of him? There is more in this report. One of the immediate challenges that Dr. Mohamed Amin will have to deal with when he fully takes over is pressing ahead with fiscal discipline. In an election year, one thing that will confront him every day is how he ensures that he whips everyone in line and ensure that projects or expenditures not captured in the budget are not financed. This is because election budget overruns have become one of the major causes of the country's economic challenges. Again, how does Dr. Amin Adam warm up to the international community and donors and ensure that he is his own man? Looking at the challenges that Ken Oforiata had to deal with as finance minister. For others, the question is, will Dr. Amin be able to review some decisions taken by Ken Oforiata, particularly decisions that have not gone down well with the public, especially when it comes to the recent taxes introduced by government? Winning the confidence of the international investor community may also be another major challenge that Dr. Amin Adam may have to grapple with, coming on the back of the domestic debt exchange program and debt restructure. Well, there are some who will argue that, looking at the fact that Ghana is under an IMF program, there may not be much for the new Minister of Finance. For some, being a finance minister in an election year will be a huge task. But will Dr. Amin Adam live up to this challenge? Well, time will tell. And that is a business tax report. Now, meanwhile, economist Dr. Patrick Usumi says the time might be too short for Dr. Mohamed Minadam to bring about any turnaround in the economy in terms of policy direction. Personally, from an economist's point of view, I think this particular uh, nomination changes a little bit of the orientation of the finance ministry. At the beginning of the current administration, I felt that the, there was a, a little bit of an imbalance in the the, the composition of the finance ministry in terms of um, having people who uh, have experience mostly in investment banking and financial engineering, which mm. to some extent uh, explain some of the policies that we saw. Now, the the, the new appointee or the, the, the person who has been nominated seems to have some background in economics. If you think about it broadly, we are in the middle of an IMF program. So in terms of the broad, broad macroeconomic policies, you probably shouldn't expect a change because uh, there's been a change in the finance ministry. Uh, who is the finance minister? And that is uh, Dr. Patrick Sumi. He is an economist uh, sharing his thoughts on 
the new Minister of Finance, Dr. Mohammed Amin Adam. Now, increase in the price of accommodation, including help push general inflation rate to 23.5%. Now, that's according to data released by the Ghana Statistical Service today. There is more in this report. Inflation rate has been on the decline since July last year, and it was expected that this trend will continue in 2024. However, spike in price of accommodation and clothing versus this trend. The Ghana Statistical Service data showed that non-food inflation rate over the past month also saw the highest increase compared to that of food inflation rate. The Ghana Statistical Service data also showed that the general price levels of goods and services for items produced locally were higher compared to that of imported items. Alcoholic beverage, tobacco and narcotics posted the highest increase over the past year. Ported tea bag again posted the highest price increase among items being reviewed. Interestingly, Greater Accra recorded the lowest rate of increase for the month of January. And that is a business tax report. Meanwhile, government statistician Professor Samuel Kobnini noted that activities during the Christmas season might have contributed to the January inflation spike. Data collection for Ghana Statistical Service for, for a particular month normally will be done by the end of latest, by the end of the second week of the month. We target the first week to collect our data to reflect what happens in the month. But in the worst case where we are not able to cover all the um, outlets, that is the 8,307 outlets, it spills over to the second month. And this data is from January 2024. So certainly, if we are looking at whether the festive period impacted on it, depending on spending and the type of spending, then in the month of um, January 2023, one might want to argue that the festive period made some impact on that. The second question in terms of the drivers of non-food, as was rightly articulated, clothing, alcoholic beverages, electricity, gas, other fuels, were the top three out of the top five items that drove non-food inflation for the month of um, January 2024. And that is government statistician Professor Samuel Kobnaini. Now, MTN subscribers could soon be notified directly about the service destruction, the disruption, time taken for it to be fully restored for them. Now, this is part of efforts to deal with service delivery challenges and improve customer experience. Salomo Dadivo, the chief executive of MTN Ghana, has been speaking on PM Express Business Edition, which airs tomorrow at 9 p.m phone just rings and you hear a voice telling you this is MTN, we've just realized that your fiber network has gone down. We just want to let you know that we are aware of this and we will update you in 30 minutes on the situation. We apologize for the inconvenience. What we have done here is we've first of all notified you proactively. You don't have to look under your table to figure out if the power has gone off, to figure out if it's your computer or something else. You know, people go through a lot of pain to isolate where the problem is coming from before they realize that it's a fiber outage. At least now we're telling you. We're also setting the expectation that within 30 minutes, you'll get an update from us on where we are with the problem. And, you know, hopefully that problem is fixed. Salomon Dadivo is Chief Executive of MTN Ghana, speaking on PM Express Business Edition, which will be aired at 9 p.m. on Thursday. And more even on his move to the group to look at their commercial operations. Let's still uh, stay with the telecom jam because MTN has retweeted his commitment to the well-being of the population to aid economic development. Chief Corporate Services and Sustainability Officer at MTN, Ajay Friariafe, said this at the Blood Donation Exercise today. It is part of efforts to also contribute to the National Blood Bank. 
basically a voluntary blood donation exercise. We have been doing this since 2011 on every Valentine's Day as a way of giving back to society. To giving life is one of the most important things that anybody can do. That is what we are doing today, mobilizing our employees to donate and also the general public across the country. So we are in all 16 regions um, to support the National Blood Service. So far, we've done uh, 26,000 units. Um, last year, we did 6,440 units. This year, our target is to get 7,000 units. Every year, we have faced the Chief Corporate Services and Sustainability Officer here at MTN Ghana. And that's all uh, for business on Newsnight. Back to you, Evans and Eva. I'll take you up on that offer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well... Yesterday, uh, we started a story about the plight of teenage girls in Hapasini in the Western region. And shortly, we'll bring you details of that because there's a campaign now uh, to deal with that particular challenge there where girls are now exchanging sex for fish. But let's do sports time. As Barry's here with the latest. Hello, Evans. Well, today was a big day for Ghana football. And uh, we're going to start from Parliament uh, because uh, the Minister for Youth and Sports uh, has been speaking to Parliament and has been telling Parliament that the state is set to organize a national dialogue on the current four states of the Black Stars and uh, football development in the country. Now, we understand the Black Stars, of course, put up a very poor performance at the recent international tournament and the general decline of sports in the country has attracted major concern. Now, Mustafa Yusuf described this current state of things relative to football as unacceptable. He's been speaking on the floor of Parliament. The Ministry of Youth and Sports is aware of disappointments among, among the Ghanaian populace and therefore intend to put measures that will lead to the national dialogue of all stakeholders to come out with modern and inclusive way of managing our national teams. Way forward, Mr. Mr. Speaker, the blaster performance in the last major tournament, that is 2020, 2021 AFCON in Cameroon, 2022 FIFA World Cup in Qatar, and the 2023 AFCON in Cote d'Ivoire, where Ghana exits at the group stage of all these three major tournaments, notwithstanding government continuous huge investments in the team is not acceptable. Now, the minister also confirmed that Ghana budgeted more than $8 million for the AFCON, got releases of more than $5 million, and spent over $3 million. Mr. Speaker, our estimated budget for the 2023 African Cup of Nation tournament was dollars And this was to cater for the pre-tournament stages, that is our pre-campaign stages. The tournament phase, that's the group stages, and also the 160 stage, quarterfinals, semifinals, and the finals, if we have gone through all the stages up to finals. Well, earlier today, thousands of Ghanaians did hit the streets, uh, calling for the stakeholders, the Ministry of Youth and Sports and Ghana Football Association, to do all they can to arrest the dwindling fortunes of Ghana football. Of course, they did present a petition to Parliament, which was received by Frank Anodompre, the Majority Chief Whip. I also presented another to the Ministry of Youth and Sports and also the Ghana Football Association. Well, later tonight, we will be having an extensive conversation on that on Prime Sports on the Joe News Channel. And also, later at 8pm, the Champions League action continued, the round of 16, and tonight, 
is going to be Bayern Munich versus Lazio. Live commentary coming your way on Hits FM over there. Even that's the wrap on sports. Thank you very much. Now, yesterday we started a story about the plight of teenage girls in Halfa Sini in the western region who are engaged in offering sex for fish due to their parents' inability to cater to their needs. Well, program officer responsible for gender integration at Hienampuano, a civil society organization working to build capacities of fisher folks in coastal communities has waded into the discourse. But first, this is Stanley Neblow's full report read to you. Halfasine is one of 26 coastal communities in the Jomo municipality of the Western region with prevalent teenage sexual exploitation. Its vibrant shore attracts lots of town folks daily when canoes that go for fishing expeditions land ashore. On occasions where the fishermen have a substantial catch, teenage girls who come to the beach to beg for fish for their families' upkeep become the target of sexual exploitation, as every fish they receive from the fishermen is paid back through sex. As a result, teenage pregnancy and single parenthood are a common phenomenon in the community, with little being done by local stakeholders to address the situation. The practice is termed by indigents as fish for sex, and this is confirmed by the deputy manager of the Jomara Fisheries Commission, Irene Obing. So due to that, you know, then we sleep with you. The girls are young, so the fishermen take advantage of the situation and have sex with them. Fish for sex is prevalent here. The butter sex trade is filled largely by poverty and parental neglect. Semenya Maxwell, a fisherman with more than a decade fishing experience, opens up on the level of exploitation. With the fish aspect, everybody will be struggling for the fish. So if you can uh, assess the one who is, who, who is there and he's also giving you and he also, he also asks something, that means you also give. So to be give and take, give you fish, give me sex, butter system, uh, in that way. According to Maxwell, married women committing infidelity for favors of fish gifts also exist in the community. At the Anlon line, a set of fishermen have returned from a fishing expedition and are pulling their catch ashore. Atra, a 17-year-old single parent and a victim of sexual exploitation, is among people who have come to the London beach. She explains what she uses the fish she receives from the men for. He has been bringing the fish home when we started dating. I sell some and use the rest to prepare dish for the family. Adja was forced to end the relationship with her child's father after accusing him of using fish to lure other teenage girls. We broke up because he cheated. Comfort, a shore laborer, recounted how she influenced her friend to exchange sex for fish. A fisherman expressed interest in my friend, so anytime I come to the shore, he gives me octopus and other big fishes to give to her. When he needs her to, he tells me to convey the message to my friend to meet him up. Now, education of the victims of the community's sexual exploitation is abruptly truncated once pregnancy sets in. Wanda, a native of Brikusu in the Akwepim South District of the Eastern Region, has migrated to Hafasini to pursue fishing. He is one of the fishermen who engages in the fish for sex trade, admitting to having sexual intercourse with multiple teenage girls, including the mother of his children. <laughs> 
For us fishermen, we lure girls with fish and nothing else. When you offer the girl fish, you have influenced her mind and she will continue to offer you sex because she knows that if she stops, she won't get the fish again. Wooing the heart of teenage girls in the community is a competition among the fishermen as these girls give in to the highest bidder. This was corroborated by Wanda. There are some fishermen with elevated status in the community. The fish that they can give to the girls, you cannot afford. So your girlfriend can break up with you for them. But why do the fishermen do what they do? A deputy chief fisherman, Nanaboka, attempted an explanation. The girls like fish and that is why they keep begging for it every day. If they are scared of the consequences, they wouldn't be begging. If I give you fish and I also need a favor from you, I will call you. I will then have sex with you and you will feel relieved. In Havasini, cases of sexual exploitation are not frequently reported to the police. Data from the Jomara Divisional Police Command show only three reported cases in the last four years. Jomara Municipal Chief Executive Louisa Ade is overwhelmed about the increasing trend. Who are those getting the girls pregnant? These are elderly men living in our communities. And you'll be surprised that a girl of 15 years is being chased by a 45-year-old man who is married. And that small girl has become his mistress. And they get them pregnant. And then when Ghana Education Service comes in, our parents will go behind us and they'll go and collect a token and say, okay, let the girl be. Because when she gives birth, who is going to take care of that girl? Protecting the rights of girls and clamping down on the sex battle trade by fishermen in coastal communities requires the state's critical intervention. Stanley Nee Blawo's report read to you. Well, we can now listen to Adiza Amahousu Aduma, who is the uh, program's officer responsible for gender integration at Hen Puano. Uh, that's a, an organization that has been fighting this particular issue in that community and they want something done immediately. Unfortunately, that's the reality in most of our coastal communities and the uh, patriarchal and the polygamous uh, nature of these uh, coastal communities often compel women and girls to endure some of these social injustices to a greater mm-hmm. extent. And so for now, there is the need for intensive education and awareness creation mm-hmm. at the community level for the communities to know the harmful effects Mm. of these actions and also ensure that these children get to school. Well, that's Adiza, a programs officer for Hempuano. You want to say it again? Hempuano. Hempuano. Okay. Well, just before we head out, though, the dream of every Ghanaian parent is to see their children through school and guide them to become responsible adults in future. But that is not the case of Emmanuel Sakwa, who lost his dad at a young age and has fended for himself ever since. Kenneth GC has more of his story. The traffic jam in most of Accra's busy highways usually frustrates commuters as long, productive hours are wasted in traffic on a daily basis. But that is where some traders also earn a living. They showcase their items to commuters when the gridlock starts to build and sometimes chase after moving cars when a passenger tries to purchase an item just when traffic begins to ease. 24-year-old Emmanuel Sakwa is one of such people. The SHS graduate works two jobs. 
selling plantain chips in traffic and recording the number of imported cars that have just been retrieved from their containers at the Tema Harbor. I just completed SHS, that's 2021. So this is what I normally do to earn some money because you can't just be in the house or you can't just go and steal. As a man, you need to work, you need to, I mean, find something to do so that you get something for yourself. As well as having a family to most of times, your parents may need some help from you so that you can also help. So it's, some of say it's hard, but we are able to go through, through Christ. Emmanuel, who originally comes from the central region of Ghana, lost his father at a young age. He moved to Accra to seek for a better future. Not knowing anyone in the capital, Emmanuel lived in a rented kiosk as it was the cheapest form of accommodation he could afford. He now lives at the church he worships. With a dream of becoming a doctor someday, Emmanuel is saving some of the monies he earns from his two jobs to further his education. It's my dream of becoming a doctor. And I know that would take a long way in the school, but as long as I was able to pass well, at any moment, I would be able to go to school. It's, it's not easy, so I just have to take time then plan well and save as well, so that if I'm able to enter, I may not go through difficulties in terms of any money issues or any stuff. So. I've lost my dad and my mom is alive in the central region. So I stay I stay in a church. No long let's say that was last year. I was staying in a cry here at some place. So I got a chance to stay at the church there was what I really could. Emmanuel explains how he is able to combine two jobs. I work at Tema, it's a shift work. So you go for day one week, night one week, then you go for off. So when I'm on night, the daytime too, I used to sell something. So when I'm in the morning, that's when I don't get, I don't come here to sell. So it's day, it's night and then off, that's what I get time to sell this. Emmanuel Sakwa performed very well in his WASI exams. He had six A's, one B, and a pass. He remains hopeful that he'll make it someday so he can take care of his mother and siblings and further his education to become a medical doctor who will help save lives. Kenneth, Jesse, for Joy News. And that's a true story of hope there. I guess we